It's time to hit the headlines around the Atlantic Coast Conference within the footprint. Welcome to the Footprint Podcast. Joe Ovius from 99.9 The Fan. Lauren Brownlow, WRALsportsfan.com. We got Duke and Carolina hype to get to, but what was more go ACC in the Super Bowl, Lauren? Which Atlanta. One? Okay. Coughing up a huge advantage yes. to the New England Patriots. Mind you, the New England Patriots have Joe Tooney from NC State and Jacoby Brissett is on the roster. I would have forgotten that were it not for the millions of tweets from various NC State outlets that they got a ring. That's fine. <laughs> Good for Jacoby. Yeah, All I saw right. him walking in with the wolf pack. Right. I guess that's what they call the quarterbacks there. That's what they call them. They call yeah. themselves the wolf pack. So there you but go. it's separated. It's Wolf Pack. Yeah, so it's like the Nevada Wolf Pack. Yeah, they don't want NC State to send them a cease and desist because they're kind of trigger happy with that. Yeah, you know what? They might not, though, when it's something like this. Probably not. Probably not. It was interesting because we had talked to Dave Dorn, NC State's head coach, about this during signing day. I asked him, I'm like, hey, have you communicated with Jacoby Brissett with Super Bowl week? I know it's hectic, but have you? And he was like, yeah, you know, he's busy. And I texted with him and we got plans to get together after the Super Bowl because I thought it was interesting that. Doran said, I want to I want to see what that system is all about. Like, he wants to talk to Jacoby about his one year with New England mm-hmm. and about how Bill Belichick runs things. Because football people are inevitably curious about how other football people run it. And all things being said, say what you want about the Patriots, but Bill Belichick's running the greatest operation in the NFL. Yeah, that's true. I, I think it's a little interesting because he's already got like the Belichick media thing down. He does. So he, yeah, he, <laughs> he can just does. add the winning to it. <laughs> He'd have the whole formula, right? But on the other side of Go <laughs> ACC, you did have Matt Ryan, Boston College legend. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Devontae Freeman. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have forgotten about him late, Florida State. Well, uh, seemingly the Falcons did. Mm-hmm. So they, I guess they just decided they didn't want to run the football anymore. I guess. That's where I don't blame the that I don't blame the uh, the ACC in that situation. I think that Atlanta just couldn't get the SEC off of them. I mean, because mm. remember the the Georgia Dome is is an SEC building. I mean, that's where they play their championship game. Um, I thought they had a sprinkling of SEC, and we saw how the SEC was this season. Yeah, that's true. You know? You're right. That's you a could, good point. You couldn't shake that off. You couldn't shake it off. And it's definitely yeah, it's definitely not the Georgia Tech because Georgia Tech doesn't even play in the Georgia Dome. No, so it's not no, their fault. It's not their fault at all. Definitely no. not their fault at all. Do you uh, you like the Cam Newton commercial? I did. I thought it was great. I thought it was the best commercial of the uh, Super Bowl. I was, it, yeah, it was probably pretty good. I mean, I didn't watch a ton of the commercials um, that closely, but yeah, it was at a party for the first half, so it was like you can't really hear. Yeah, it's, what's imp- going it's, on. it's hard. It's hard to keep up with what's going on when you got a bunch of people around. But I yeah. mean, the commercials for the most part were well. Super Bowl commercials in this day and age are difficult to get hype for because by the time we get to the Super Bowl, we've seen most of these commercials already. Yeah, including the Cam commercial. Yeah, he had tweeted it out, actually, I think like three or four days before the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. And I think he just tweeted it out with like nothing attached to it and just the video. I watched it and I was yeah. like, oh, it's a great commercial. And I just assumed, yeah, that's probably a Super Bowl ad. It was. And it was. And I, was, I thought it was enjoyable. And I liked the jokes that people were throwing out there on social media after the fact. I mean, it really was nice to see Cam Newton bounce back from an awful Super Bowl to give that kind of performance. Well, you know, that there is that. At least he showed up in one Super Bowl. Right. Is that one? Yeah, that's also, definitely one uh, of them. Gosh, he's he not even. He threw a touchdown during the Super Bowl. He did, but even that one wasn't that accurate. So, <laughs> you know, got to have more touch on it, Cam. I also thought the Mr. Clean commercial, sex, uh-huh. sexy Mr. Clean. I yeah, I missed that one too. 
Go watch that one. Okay. The only problem I have with that one, while it was amusing and somewhat creepy that Mr. Clean was gyrating around while cleaning the house. Yeah, no thanks. It basically gives all husbands the idea that if I clean the house, my wife is going to want to, you know, get down. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was like, yeah, That's nah, the guys. only reason to that, clean, too. That's, it really, that That's is. the only reason to clean if you're a man. Pretty much. Right? Otherwise, that's ladies' work. Come on now. <laughs> Let her take care of that. All right, let's let's talk about Duke UNC on Thursday night. It is post-Super Bowl, which means that all eyes will be in Cameron Indoor Stadium on ESPN as it's the unofficial start of the college basketball season for a lot of people. Yeah, because football's over now, so you got to transition into something, right? Time to start getting into brackets. First in, first out, who's the number one seed? Here we are with Duke Carolina, and uh, Coach K's back. You knew Coach K was going to probably be back. Uh, in time for the uh, for the Carolina game, especially yeah, I with- was a game too late, I guess. In in my prediction, I thought it. I thought he would come back for Duke Carolina because can you imagine like the emotional lift that would get? Like already, it's a rivalry game, but then right. you add that into oh, yeah. it. Oh, well, it so that's been great. that was my assumption, honestly. But I guess maybe he wanted a scrimmage against Pitt to get back into shape. Except that's not what it ended up being. No, whatever it is <laughs> about Pitt. I mean, Pitt's been bad this season, but in their three games against triangle teams when they've visited, they've all been, you know, contested games for a good chunk of them. I mean, the North Carolina game from last year. To week, be fair, playing even with State is probably about to that level. That's probably playing about to its level. Probably, right? yeah. Duke and Carolina have proven to be a little bit better than State this year. They have, they have. My point is that they've been feisty right. against triangle teams for whatever reason. They have no business being feisty against Duke and Carolina, No, though. no they don't. It was <laughs> Especially what, on the road. Like 28-28 at half? Yeah, and it so, was a game late. Like, I mean, was. I know Duke pulled away, but it was still close late. Well, I mean, in the case with uh, Carolina and the Smith it was, Center. It was the same kind of thing. Same kind of thing, right yeah. up to the end. Yep. So, I mean, it, it is it is what it is. The thing about the, the thing that bothers me about Kay's return are the people who either don't pay attention or choose to be willfully ignorant just for the sake of getting their shots in. Right. Because over the weekend with Kay's return, I saw one too many – well, of course, Kay is coming back just in time as Duke looks to be turning the corner. Did you not? <laughs> did you not pay attention to the news when Kay went under the knife that it was going to be about four weeks? Huh? Yeah, like we are. Always, we always knew that he it was, was about this time. He wasn't. It wasn't. It was going to be, be like this or Carolina was about yeah, the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, there was no like Kay was not coming back like in 1995. Like I don't know. I'm like I'm all for the jokes. But the joke's got to make sense. But what if what if Duke like didn't turn the corner? Do they really think he just wasn't going to come back? I guess. I guess they had their 1995 jokes. Right. Ready to go. I just and hell, Pete Goddett was at Cameron Indoor on Saturday. Was he? Yes, I saw a picture of Pete Goddett there. As Whoa! If, as if to troll everybody, Goddett was in the house. I didn't think he was had a good relationship with them. I don't know. Apparently, wow. he was there. Okay. I was there. Got it. I mean, maybe I need to go double check on that one, but I could have swore I saw a picture of Pete Goddett in the house. No, I, b- I believe it. I'm just like, wow, that's – no, that's good. Bury the hatchet. So, there you go. And whatnot. But, yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, we always knew he was going to be back around this time. And, mm-hmm. like I said, the only surprise for me was that he didn't wait one more game. But maybe he figured, like – I mean, the wins all count to him, right? Wins and losses count to him. Yeah, they all count to him. Yeah, so, I mean, I was going to say, like, in, in the back of my mind, I was like, I wonder if he's like, I'm not going to let you get another easy one, yeah. Cable, with Pitt. Got to give me this <laughs> – get give me a warm-up. Come on. <laughs> Meanwhile, with Carolina, they had their game pushed back a day. I mean, Carolina's had a weird – actually, let me let me rephrase that. 
The 2016-2017 season in triangle sports, the winner has been water, okay, if you think about it. Sure. Some, so, some form of water, scientifically, yes. So you get Hurricane Matthew or the remnants of Hurricane Matthew because we never actually hit hurricane conditions in the triangle. We just got a lot of rain and a lot of wind. And that gave us the spectacular mud bowl, rain bowl, with Carol, with NC State and Notre Dame. You yeah. had the awful, no good, terrible showing of North Carolina with Virginia Tech in town. And then Duke, uh, Duke and what was it? Duke and Georgia Tech? Yeah. Um, was the other one. And then you had the game postponed in. No, it was Duke and Army, actually. It was Duke and Army. My yeah. bad. And then you had the snow game where NC State was ready to go to the Smith Center, but snow pretty much made that moot. They played on Sunday, 51 points. I did see a few of those jokes with the Notre Dame game, too. Yeah, although Carolina didn't win by 51. That's true. At PNC (laughs) Arena, they had a game postponed against Detroit because the Freon system busted, so they couldn't make ice. Oh, that's right. That's right. Right? Yeah, there's been a lot of water issues this year. And then now with Orange County, the water treatment plant, the water main broke, made it unsafe to drink water. They lost like millions of gallons. But I did laugh though when it was like I think it was around two thirty or so. They were good. Yeah, and they had said that it would be like I remember at like four o'clock. I read that it was going to be at least twenty four hours before they could even test well, the water. To to be fair, they got it fixed, but that did not mean that it was immediate. No, they like, they did the right thing. Turn your faucets on, right? And also they even <laughs> said that you had yeah, to, yeah, yeah. you had to conserve water. So right. it was still the right thing to move it to the Greensboro Coliseum. Yeah, and they didn't know when it was going to happen either, no. so they had to make a call, and they did the right thing. And the other th- the other cool thing about all of this is all all things being what they are. It stinks that it wasn't at the Smith Center. A lot of people were displaced in terms of the ability to go see the game. It did bring a basketball game back to Greensboro Coliseum, an ACC contest in Greensboro Coliseum. And they were charging 55 bucks walk-up just to sit in the upper deck, and that was a damn good crowd in Greensboro. It was. I know my mom texted me a picture. They, I guess they got there early. It was. She texted me at like 11.30. She's like, look at our seats. I'm like, mm-hmm. wow. And, yeah, I was, I was seeing tweets that the traffic around the Greensboro Coliseum was crazy by 11.30. Right. And the game's at 1. Yeah. Which is a big reason that I sat that one out. Because <laughs> I was like, I know my, I'm from Greensboro. Yeah. I know how that traffic flow goes. Right. Uh-uh. I right. want no part of that unless I'm parking at Gassan's. People from Greensboro know what I'm talking about. But anyway. No, I mean, it, I get, I got a little annoyed with the nostalgia. And not because I don't share it. Because I do. I'm mm-hmm. from there. I grew up going to ACC tournaments there. It's like, it's it's a part of me. I get it. But I, but these are most of the same people who were like so dismissive about even having the tournament there anymore. Oh well, we should move it around, whatever. And look, I get why we're moving it around. It's whatever. Doesn't mean I necessarily agree with it. I think well, it has a good home there. I think it always has good crowds there. Let me, and I'm never. It's never going to be the same for me anywhere else. Let me be. Let me be somewhat fair about this, Miss Greensboro. The <laughs> ACC should move it around, and I've always been on board with that. They should move it around especially because this ACC is not the same ACC that most people grew up with, all right? So it was a success in D.C. last year. I'm curious to see how it's going to play out on Barclays. I'm having an open mind about it. But at least we knew it was eventually going to come back to Greensboro. Yeah, well, that's its own issue now, isn't it? I think the reason why people got nostalgic is because as we watch that game, we are all thinking, including me, this Man, stupid law. We might not see this for a while. We're not going to. No, not at this rate. No. And I'm glad Roy Williams yeah. 
said what he said after the game, talking about HB2 basically being a stupid rule, but then he re- realized it was a law. and how A lot they, of confusion about I know. government words these days. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Um, so I was I was happy that Roy Williams kind of laid down his thoughts on that without fear of repercussion, because the current governor isn't going to lose a fit about public employees speaking their mind on Mm-mm. such a thing. No. Co- and Coach K, I mean, he's not a public employee, no. but he's but said he's similar things like yeah. no one likes this dumb law. And yet here we are. Mm hmm. I think yeah. that's why the nostalgia cool. was there. Meanwhile, Mike Krzyzewski was dropping his own truth bombs talking yeah. about leaders not tweeting. I'm like, oh, interesting. am I supposed to interpret that as a slam on Trump or John Calipari? Yes. Both? I, that, Maybe? That struck me as much more Trump. Yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. All right, so uh, early, uh, early thoughts on Thursday's game? Oh, gosh. Yeah, we have, like, predictions due tomorrow, don't we? I know. I actually have to get the ACC picking kitten out of retirement. Really? Yeah. The ACC picking kittens. I mean, I got GoPros now, so I can make a really big production. This of is really ACC tough for kittens. me because Carolina's offense is playing very well right now. Mm-hmm. Um, their defense hasn't been playing as well. Um, and so I'm kind of torn on it, to be honest with you. But they it's not like they can't win there, right? Like, they've shown it before. I know, we've seen it, yeah. They've, they're very capable of winning there. I still, I thought at the beginning of the year, and I still feel this way, that these teams will split. I just don't know which will, you know, who will win where, right? right? Um, so obviously, like, if I pick Carolina to win there and they don't, I'm going to pick them to win at home later. My only, my only <laughs> this concern is, this is always tough. Well, it, it never plays out how we think it's going to. Exactly. That's that, the thing. That, that everything that I say <laughs> is prefaced by the fact that, much like the Super Bowl, it's not going to go the way you think it's going to go. It never does. You throw out the record books, Lauren. Mm. It's a rivalry. All right. Well, you actually had to rewrite the record books from the Super. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. You're right. So here, my initial thought on this is that while I'm, while North Carolina's defense has been meh in this stretch, okay. Mm-hmm. I also think Duke's offense has been disjointed. It's still not clicking the way it should be clicking this time of the year. Yeah, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're still trying to integrate Tatum into a flowing offense when he tends to be a bit of a ball stopper yep. at times. And they still don't have the true point guard, and you know my feelings on this. Put the hammer down and make Grayson Allen the point guard. I don't know why. Isn't that what's sort of happening? Yeah, but they get away from that from time to time. I thought that move would have been made weeks ago when we saw him return. Remember remember Grayson Allen's first game back after the indefinite suspension? What did Grayson Allen do? Yeah, he had like, uh, how many assists did he have? He had a lot of assists. He had a lot of assists. He was running he had the se- offense. He, had, he actually had 18 assists in his first two games back. Okay. And he's had like 10, 15, 18 in like the seven games in between. But he had six against Pitt. That's so good. he was That's sort good. of looking to distribute, although he did take 11 threes. Good That's Lord. the thing. I, I want Grayson Allen to run the offense. He only, t- he only attempted two two-pointers, too. That's... He's a good shooter. He is. Don't get me wrong. He and is. to drive to pass is not a bad thing for Grayson mm-hmm. either, but probably more twos than threes. I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm probably We're wrong. nitpicking. I'm but... probably wrong about this, but again, well, I, I just think that it, it all goes better when he's looking There's to not, distribute and Luke yeah. Kennard's the one that is. Yeah, he only took five, he, he only took seven shots. So there you go. That's, mm. that's not good. Yeah, that was his lowest usage percentage. Uh, no, you can't do yeah. that. So that that's my only oh, Actually that's Tatum that only took seven shots. That's my only Excuse concern. Me. That's yeah. my only concern. Yeah, I mean I get it. It's just it's like you said though, we don't know like this is never um 
it never plays out how we think it's going to when these two get together. Like yeah. somebody always comes out of nowhere sort of <laughs> and has an amazing game and right. you're like, where did that come from, from this guy? Like we could see Matt Jones have 20 out of nowhere for mm-hmm. some reason. It, 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 never, it rarely makes like logical sense, right? I think that's kind of fair. To, that's not to say that the, the good players don't show up. No, I think they, they do. They will. They will. But it rarely makes logical. We could see Harry Giles have 10 and 10 or something out mm-hmm. of nowhere. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what is predictable. Yes. Um, after somebody careers it against NC State, <laughs> the following game, it's a regression back to the mean. Well, and- what's interesting is it's amazing what happens when shots get contested. Right? Like, because there's always this notion, right, mm-hmm. that somehow it's magical. <laughs> When the dude careers it against NC, it's this, all magic. It's, it's all voodoo dust. magic. Yeah, State's contesting dust. it amazingly, mm-hmm. and it's still going in. And yet, I don't know, maybe play some defense. Like, I'm so, so over that with State at this point. So, Syracuse. At some point, it's not a coincidence. And we talked about this last week. <laughs> I know. The intriguing game of the weekend, the most intriguing game of the weekend, was Syracuse at home against Virginia. Syracuse won. How about that? Syracuse is a completely different team at home. And Virginia blew a double-digit lead again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> So you hear that news initially, you're thinking, oh, man, everybody must have been firing all cylinders. John Gillen, who scored 43 points against NC State on, what was that, Thursday night. You know how many points he scored on Saturday? Yeah, I know. It was like six. Six. You know how many three-pointers he took? He took? Right. Took. Shot attempts. He only took one. One. Right. Didn't make it. Exactly. That's so NC State. Meanwhile, NC State, once again... On Saturday against Miami, blew a double-digit lead and went into overtime and lost to Miami. Yeah. So no, it didn't no, it didn't go in overtime. I'm getting it confused with my uh, my Syracuse game earlier in the week. They just straight up lost that game. No, they just yeah, they, they just, just straight, straight up lost, lost the game. Um, we were both there. Yeah, and to me, it felt like Groundhog Day. It well, really did. This one was this one was more interesting to me than what happened against Syracuse. Okay, and the reason why it was interesting to me was because Dennis Smith basically did his own thing in the second half. Yeah, and honestly, there was okay. So we've seen really, really good players we have. at NC State and at other schools sort of have to do it all take for their a, yeah, team take and like, take t- over a TJ, game. Look, if you want to keep it specifically with NC yep. State, we saw a game against Boston College, the one where like TJ Warren dropped, I think it was forty-two points, where he just took over he won the game himself he, yes. he was like screw y'all yeah that doesn't but, but it, they were also <laughs> setting tj but again tj warren yes. was set up to succeed it was tj warren's gonna save us so we're gonna do things to get tj the ball in the case of dennis smith dennis just decided you know what you know Forget what get y'all and it was interesting as well i know uh connor o'neill from burlington he mm-hmm. tweeted this right around halftime um i don't if you remember dennis smith banked in a three at halftime yeah Right before the buzzer. Yeah. They were running corner, the play where they, you know, the famous Scott Wood play to get a guy a three-pointer. Right. For Terry Henderson. Yeah. And he just took it himself. You know what? Terry Henderson did not have a shot in the second half. Until, until 3.8 like, seconds yeah. left. Yeah. It was a made three. That's where they lost the game. Because Terry Henderson was 4-5 from three in the opening half. Feed the guys that are hot. 
And Mark Godfrey, after the game, said something to the effect of, like, I, Somehow I missed this because no, I was too caught up in what he said after it. I raised, I raised an eyebrow right. when he said it where he's like, yeah, you know, Terry kind of cooled off. Well, it's kind of hard to cool off. He didn't, like— He it, never got the ball. I cringed because this that's exactly the type of quote from Mark Godfrey that will lead state fans to be very frustrated yeah. because it makes people wonder if he's even paying attention. He is paying attention, right. but at the we same time— We know he's paying attention, but that kind of quote is like, how do you yeah. not know he didn't attempt a shot in he, the second half? He knows— <laughs> Terry Henderson knew you saw you you saw Terry Henderson in the post game. Oh, he knew. He knew. They all know. It's just that Godfrey doesn't want to exacerbate the situation with a quote that's just going to inflame everything. But here's the problem: Mark Godfrey is essentially the "this is fine" dog right now. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he is the embodiment of the "this is fine" dog. We know. Because, how, we know what's coming next, dude. Well, here's the thing: there's this idea, and I understand the logic behind it. That because Debbie Yao is going to retire soon, or, you know, she's got two and a half years left on her contract and she has every intention of, you know, basically calling it a career after that. Right. That she's not going to make any moves, right? We right. talked about this with Dave Dorn. Yes, we did. And it's now coming up again with Mark Godfrey. But here's where that's wrong. Okay. okay? Yeah. If And this is true of any situation, not just at NC State. If you embarrass yourself... You then put your AD, regardless of how long she's got or how long he's got, in a position where she might have to make a decision. And that's what Mark God, that's what Mark Godfrey's doing right now. Yeah. Things are so bad and people are so pissed off that Debbie Yao just can't chill for the last two and a half years. He's put Debbie in a position where she has to consider in the offseason if they don't win a game throughout. And well, by the way, that's a that's possibility. That's entirely likely. Debbie Yao has now been put in a position, unfortunately, where she's got she's gonna have to make a tough call. Do I cut bait, or do I give Mark Godfrey another opportunity? Because they have no business being this bad. None. No, they don't. No business being this bad at this point in the season. They don't, and it's it's just. I mean, I I don't know what else to say about it. I don't think even beating Carolina would save them at this point. Although, who knows? Yeah. I know that's important over there, and they've beaten Duke already. So, woo, big two big wins. Maybe not if you go to the NIT or the CBI or yeah. nothing. They, this team has no business not going to the tournament. It no, really doesn't. And I don't know what went wrong exactly. I don't know. It's not – I think by all accounts, Dennis Smith is a good kid. He's competitive. Sure. He's all of those things. But for whatever reason, it's not working. It's, it's not, not working. It's, it's with, not working, and where's the accountability? Because, again, we get back to that alley-oop to himself. Right. If Mike Krzyzewski was the head coach, what happens after that? I don't. I guess he gets benched, yeah. If Roy Williams is the head coach. Well, yeah, and he'll talk about it in postgame, too. And be what like, happens after yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. He does that at State. It shows, okay, moving on. You know, and they, you, then you see Markel Johnson, who had an unfortunate end of the game in Syracuse, not see the floor. Yeah, and I don't know what late. the reason is for. And that's the other thing we've Nobody seen knows. some very questionable personnel decisions yep. from Mark Gottfried, whether it's continuing to play a guy or not playing someone else. Mm-hmm. That maybe there's something behind the scenes that we're not seeing. But uh, at this yeah, point, like right. You're he, right. he doesn't have a lot of rope here. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't have a lot of benefit of the doubt that he's earning because it's not working. No. Like for him to have Ted Capita play at Duke, like he did out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden disappear again, both like as a player and rotationally speaking. Yeah. Why? 
Like yeah, it doesn't, doesn't make, make any sense. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But you're right. We don't know what's going on. We don't the know. That but leads to these situations. But it's not and, working. Whatever he's doing. So. And before we wrap up this particular part of the conversation, I can't stress this enough. Mark Godfrey, personality-wise, like everything about Mark Godfrey is perfect for NC State. He's the right demeanor. He has the right kind of understanding of what it is to be an an NC State head coach, okay? Yeah. Like all these things, like yeah. you check them off. And even though even if he wasn't even the first choice to run at NC State, he was he ended up being a good selection. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. The problem is that it's you've kind of created a situation now at NC State where you leave people no choice but to go, "Man, what are you? What's going on? Also, if you look at his trajectory at Alabama, yeah, it's, the problem is it's becoming very similar. I don't like bringing up Alabama because yeah. at the same point, like the reason I don't like bringing up the Alabama trajectory is because first off, it's freaking Alabama. No, I'm with right? you. I know. So, first and foremost, it's Alabama. They have no basketball history in the modern era, so there's no similarity. Okay, because if we were to bring that up, like where does well, look the at, modern era start? Look at the trajectory. <laughs> I know. Look at so. the trajectory. I could say the same thing about Jeff Capel. Well, look how it ended at Oklahoma. So why should why should he get an opportunity well, at Duke? You get different I opportunities. I'm at not saying places. that Gottfried shouldn't have gotten an opportunity based on that. I'm just you. saying it's more like as it's playing out now. Nah. It's it's nah. it's not to me. I I, I don't like people bringing up. Oh, look what happened at Alabama. No, don't stop that. So what? But I but what I will say is, we are if things continue on their current path, could you not see another situation where look, Dennis Smith gone. All right. Yes. Malika Boo is done. BJ Anya is done. All right. Omer Yurt Seven. Omer Yurt Seven. Even though he probably needs another year of seasoning, why would you come back if somebody's going to take you in the NBA? Right. Well, our, I mean, that's that'll be the question for him. Yeah. At the end of the season, is are they or does he need another year to prove well, something? Or, or will you do yourself much more favors once you go to the combine and show off? You know. Yeah, maybe. What you can do. But I'm. I'm not, but who knows? I'm not terribly convinced. Who knows? But we'll who see. Knows? And look, it's college basketball in 2017. There will be transfers, right? So you you start to, Terry Henderson's done too. Well, and that's I, that, I was going to say that's been another issue for state. Yeah. Right. Over the years, it's there's transfers. Been no, no continuity. No, no continuity whatsoever. Part of that is recruiting the way that state recruits. Yeah. And that's a larger discussion as well. Yeah, and that's a that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. But. I preface all, basically all that is being said to lay the foundation of... What's happening next year. Dude. Yeah. It's more like, God, dude. Like, you've put your AD in, in a, a position yeah. where yeah. she has to evaluate you now when it didn't have to be that way. So that's that's where things are at NC State right now, and that's... Hey, look, nobody could have predicted that. Football, sure, but nobody could have predicted I what was going have, on no. with basketball. There's I never would have predicted this this year <laughs> no. when it comes to uh, when it comes to basketball. Anyway, that'll wrap it up for this edition of the Footprint Podcast. Uh, we'll do an ACC panic room this week. We'll ask uh, for some Duke and Carolina questions. And be on the lookout for the ACC pick and kitten. You got <laughs> GIF takes coming up too? Yeah, at some point. All right.